as I prepared for this weekend, uh, the second reading was the, um, the reading that kept coming back into my heart, into my spirit. The letter to St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not kill, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other commandments there may be, are summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no evil to the neighbor, hence love is the fulfillment of the law. It says a lot to us. It's the crooks of Christian preaching. You know, again, I, I repeat myself a lot of times in the pulpit, but as I told you before, I have to come up creatively 52 times a year to tell you the same thing. And I always tease that if you listened once, I'd only have to preach next year. <laughs> but you won't listen. And I'll make you listen. <laughs> but you think about that. It's all through, all through the, the, the Hebrew Scriptures, the Old Testament, what are we doing? We're finding ourselves with God. We're, we're, we're establishing relationships, and it's rocky. It's like any other change when something new happens in our midst or someone new comes into our, our, our organization, our church, our, our school, wherever it might be, into our family. We're, there's a lot of testing and a lot of back and forth and some compromise and some d- division, and it's just it's constant. And all through that Old Testament, we see God's people listening and not listening, obeying and not obeying, rebelling and following, and God doing the same, God raising his voice once in a while as a good father and yelling at them and and threatening them and and giving them all kinds of punishment, you know, putting them on on timeouts and and telling them, if you don't do the following things, then I'm going to do these following things and you're not going to like it. That's very much what we do every day in our relationships with each other. But in in this sense of that this reading to Paul to the Romans, I find it in the New Testament way, what we're doing is not establishing ourselves anymore with the, with the, um, the give and take of, of relationship with God. But really, it's our response to God now. It's we, we understand who you are. We know what you are for us and who you are for us. We know where we stand in your presence. We know that we are sinful, and yet you continue to invite us back to a, a, a better life. We know that, that we are unworthy, and yet you continue to pour out blessings upon us. We know that we are not, will never be able to do the things that you do for us, and we are grateful. We're grateful. So the whole New Testament is trying to find out how, what, what do we really need and what is it that God wants from us that we can respond most properly. And if we really look deep into those scriptures, it's always love. It's always love. Love God with your whole heart, your whole soul, and your whole mind, basing us into the, to the Old Testament, into the relationship with God, the, the Shema O Israel. And also now responding as Christ teaches us, not only do you love God with your whole heart, your whole soul, and your whole mind, but you want to add to that law? Then love your neighbor as yourself. So loving each other, it becomes very important to us. It's our motivation to find God among us. So why should we be motivated to find God? 
Why is it that, that we, we should be so eager to, to find God when we know that relationships among ourselves are very strained? Not always, but we have them. We all have a strained relationship in our life. We all have those moments where we feel that we're just not belonging or fitting in. We have those moments where we feel that we made the wrong choices or we chose the wrong people to be with. You know, what motivates us to want to live with God or for God as we continue to find that love that, that he instills in us? I take it right out, again, if we continue to read this letter of St. Paul to the Romans, this is what we're going to hear. We're going to hear these five things. Paul's going to tell us that we find God and we need God in our life because we, at our baptism, received a new nature. We're no longer, you know, for ourselves. We are now part of that ever-growing body of Christ. We are part of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We're no longer just us. We belong to a, a whole trinity of, 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 of essence and being. We belong to the church. We belong to God's plan. We belong to God's Christ's nature. And in Christ's nature, we die with Christ so that we can rise with Christ. So death and resurrection are going to be part of that relationship. At our baptism, we're given the hope of a new beginning. That prayer of, of, to remove the original sin helps us find our way to a new beginning, a new start, a new way of loving God and finding our neighbor and loving that neighbor as ourself. We put an end to our sins. In our baptism, we put an end to sin. Baptism wipes away sin. So if you're an adult and you, don't, you wait till you're an adult to be baptized, all your sins for the first 35, 40, 50, 60 years of your life, they're forgiven just like that. You don't even have to mention them because baptism washes us clean. We choose to sin. We choose to perfect those sins. We choose to hold on to those sins. We choose to find the ones we like best and harbor them. But baptism gives us a, a new beginning. And so we find God in trying to give up those sins. I make a firm amendment, a purpose of amendment to change my life and to sin no more and to avoid whatever leads me to sin. In baptism, all suffering is and disappointment and anxiety is taken away, but we hold on to those things. We suffer in many ways, in mind, body, and spirit. We're disappointed in many things. Our anxieties uh, uh, creep up on us. But Jesus took those to the cross with him. Jesus took all those to the cross before we even experienced them. He took them to the cross. He took them to the grave. Think about when they rolled that stone in front of that tomb. You know, the scriptures are very clear. They say that, that the stone was very large. They post guards outside, and in the morning, it's, it's been rolled away, and they're all scratching their heads saying, who could move that stone? It's impossible. It's impossible. But God moves that stone, and God takes away those sufferings and those disappointments and those anxieties. He rolls them out of the stone from our heart, as we heard today from that first reading. Takes away our, our sins takes away our stones, and in the psalm, he takes our hardened hearts and, and gives, them hearts of, gives us hearts of flesh. 
I often think on Easter Sunday, you know, there's an old joke that um, somebody, someone always, always said what happened on Easter Sunday after they, after they found the empty tomb. Uh, there's an old joke that many priests found it and rolled the stone back. So they have some, a little peace and quiet for a couple of days. But what if on Easter Sunday, no, not just Easter Sunday, Easter, every Sunday, this is Easter. We're celebrating Easter now. We celebrate, and what if every Sunday when we walked in here, we just asked God to put the stone in front of all those things this week that hindered us from loving another, or from loving him, or from knowing him, serving him. But we, we like to take that stone away. We like to live in, the, in our former ways of life. And Jesus tells us, no, you live in me, so now you leave that life behind and you put on Christ. I must increase, decrease, so he must increase. The second thing I think Paul tells us in the letter to the Romans is that we often allow ourselves to be enwrapped in sin. We become servants of sin. Yet Jesus freed us from those sins. Jesus says our sins are forgiven. How many times we've heard over these past weeks, your faith has saved you. Your sins are forgiven. Go and do this no more. The scriptures, your sins were once scarlet, now they're white as snow. Your sins are as far as the east is from the west. And yet we choose to be servants of sin rather than servants of God, and we can't be both. Because God can't sin. God is not sin. God is good and loving, forgiving. The third thing I think we learned from the letter to the Romans in conjunction with this passage tonight is that each one of us is called to do our best to live a very godly life. Not to be God. Not to lord ourselves over others and make ourselves better than others or, or, or holier than others. But to, to be perfect as God is perfect, to live as God is, is, it lives, filled with light, filled with happiness, filled with peace, filled with living a life that, that knows pain and knows shame and knows guilt, but yet know also that, that those things are, are re, we've been redeemed from those, we've been taken away from those, to live a life of holiness, a life that bears good fruit, a life that allows us to walk humbly with God and to serve others. I think also we learn to build relationships with God. If we died to sin, where did we go? We went to God. We were joined to God. And God is, you know, if we think of God only as a God of rules and regulations, a God who's checking on us all the time to see if we filled in all of our blanks and punched all the holes on the ticket, then we're really not, we don't know God yet. That's not God for us. God is a relationship for us. God is, is coming before God and, and, and allowing him to see our weakness and allowing him to see our need, allowing him to, to fill us with his spirit so that we might live a, a, a better life finding him in our, in our midst and finding him in others. Now, I think about uh, here, we're, we're to the point now where we're about to celebrate our annual 40 hours. And I think about all that time that we spend in prayer and all the people that will come to, to, to spend time in prayer alone with God. 
And the troubles and the, and the, and the needs and the, the, the thanksgivings and the gratitude that they will bring before God. And how God will take those, uh, build those relationships that God will listen to us as we sit in quiet listening to him. And God will offer us, God will offer us this relationship, this time that we need to be with him. You know, no need for scheduling an appointment, no need for, for waiting in a line, no, just, it's, it's, he's there. I'm here for you. What is it that I can do for you? Jesus said that to so many people in, those, in the scriptures. What is it that you want me to do for you? Show me where it wasn't done. Show me where it wasn't done. So we come before God, we build this relationship, and that grace that's built during these next three days in our parish will fall on every member of this parish, whether they're here or not, on every family that comes here, every visitor that walks into this church, that grace will follow us all. It'll take take us outside outside of this building to everything that we do, God's grace will follow us and will fall on those for whom we, with whom we relate, those that we love. Again, we come back to that word love, the, the final thought of my, my thoughts on, on the Romans. You know, if we have this relationship, what motivates us to be with God? Love. <laughs> Why? Because he first loved us. You know, they will know we're Christians by our love. I have loved you with an everlasting love. This is how they'll know you are my disciples. You will love one another as I loved you. Live in my love. Love God, love your neighbor, love the, is the greatest of all the gifts, faith, hope, and charity, the greatest of this is love. And so love is our ultimate motive. Love is the ultimate motive for, for not only preaching the Christian scriptures, but living the Christian scriptures, finding God in our midst, God who's, who's, who does no evil to our neighbor, we who do no evil to our neighbor, fulfilling the law to love God with our whole heart, our whole soul, our whole mind, and each of us together, our neighbor as ourselves.